You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptops, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Devastation on the Nation is less than one month away now. This year's lineup features Rotting Christ, Borknagar, Wolfheart, Abigail Williams, and Imperial Triumphant, and more shows have sold out. Since last week, we are at a total of three shows that have sold out. I can guarantee you that this is not going to be the end of these shows selling out. There will be more shows that will sell out if you do not have your tickets yet. If you intend on coming to this epic, amazing tour that is starting in less than a month, you should absolutely get your tickets right now via the link in the description of this podcast, or you could simply go to metalfestivaltours.com. Trust me, this is a party that you do not want to miss. Devastation on the Nation 2020 is proudly brought to you by Metal Festival Tours, Continental Touring, and the Vox and Hops podcast. Speaking of a party you do not want to miss... I have organized the Vox and Hops Devastation on the Nation craft beer parties. These are either pre-show parties or after parties where you can come out. You can drink some craft beer that has been brewed specially for these events. Each of these events have their own custom beer that has been made by amazing people. Much love and respect to everyone that's helped hook this up. You can come out. You can party alongside other Vox and Hops heads, the Devastation on the Nation crew and band members. And at some of these events, even I'm going to be there. All information for the Vox and Hops Devastation on the Nation craft beer parties is available on MetalFestivalTours.com. Check it out. Come out and party Devastation on the Nation craft beer style. Hi, everybody. This is Philip Tyron Boucher, and you're listening to Vox and Hops. Hey, thank you so, so, so much, Phil. I had such a great chat with Phil the other day. I can't wait to release it. We had such a good time. We were at Pub Brewski here in Montreal. It is really one of the best new tap rooms. They just celebrated their one-year anniversary for their new tap room that they set up last year right on the old port. It is absolutely amazing. They are finally brewing their own beers in the facility since last August, and they are just killing it. Creamy, juicy IPAs, new smoothie-style sours and IPAs, and they are killing it with the pastry stouts. So a huge shout-out to Pub Brewski, and a huge shout-out to Phil from Beyond Creation. If you live in Europe, there is a killer tour coming your way where Beyond Creation will be out there alongside Decapitated and Ingested. Trust me, this is a tour that you should be checking out. Huge shout out to Phil and the rest of the Beyond Creation boys. Much love and respect. On today's episode, I am with Frederick Schilberry of Cult of Luna. Here it is, Vox and Hops, episode number 115. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Frederick Schilberry, and uh, I'm super stoked to be here. You are from Cult of Luna. As before we started recording this, I said I've interviewed over 100 people, and I'm probably the biggest fan of your band out of all the bands that I've spoken to, which is saying a lot. Wow, I'm blushing. <laughs> but you should. You guys got something special. I 
remember the day that I listened to your first, the first Cult of Luna record was Vertical. I woke up extremely hungover on New Year's Day after a, a very good New Year's Eve party. And I had to go to my wife's grandmother's house for a party. And it was quite a drive. Luckily, I wasn't driving. So I popped in Vertical. And it was just love, love at first here. And I haven't looked back. I went back and explored everything. So thank you so much. I am honored for sitting down with me right my now. My pleasure. My pleasure. Let's start at the beginning. Classic Vox and Hops question. What is the soundtrack of your youth when you're growing up in your home? What music was playing when you were not in control of the record player? Oh, man. Um, it was probably um, like Exile on Main Street with the Rolling Stones um, or um, some other kind of 60s pop, Beatles or The Who. or that. That's basically what I was brought up with. Yeah. At what point did you discover, and when you had control, what was that first band that was your band? Um, I remember the first um, the first record I bought with my own money was um, uh, the Guns N' Roses record. Uh, I think it's GNR GNR Lies. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's the one. That's the one I bought. And what what made you gravitate towards that? Uh, it was something in his voice that I thought sounded not like any other. So that's basically what draw me towards it, and of course the way they, the way they looked at the time, I thought they were super cool. Yeah, I remember. I remember Axel was on the cover of some, I think it was Rolling Stone or yeah. something at when I was at my parents' friend's house. Yeah, and he had a nipple ring and he had no shirt on, and I was immediately like drawn to it. Like, what yeah. is this? Yeah, he's sort of sexy. Do I like that? What's wrong yeah. with me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a guy, but he's got long hair and sort of cute. <laughs> I remember that distinctly yeah. traumatizing my youth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine. No, but that was the first record I bought. and uh, But I was still kind of listening to... Um, I never really let go of, of the Rolling Stones and, and all that. And still to this day, it's those records, I listen to them almost every day. So it's... Wow. Yeah. So, so you, you grew up in, in, in a steady place yeah. musically. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My, my mother and father were very into music and music was playing all the time and um, um, kind of a broad variety of, of music, everything from, from like uh, ABBA, Beatles, the Rolling Stones, uh, Deep Purple, you know, all that stuff. So that, that was kind of what I was brought up with and it's still with me. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I know that Sweden has a very strong culture towards music. Yeah. It's important. They invest a lot into the music yeah. schools, and it's it's a part of your curriculum yeah. in high school and throughout schooling. Yeah. Very different than here. Did you automatically gravitate towards the guitar? Was that the first? No, I didn't start playing guitar um, until I was almost 18 years old. Really? Yeah. Okay. So what was that first love? Um, well, my father, he, he tried to encourage me. He actually built me an um, uh, electrical guitar. Uh, but I wasn't... I was like, thanks, Dad. And, um, it's I just, in the closet. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, well, I don't really know what to do with this. I'm not very into it. So I just kind of... Um, left it hanging and I was more into playing like the piano and um, um, I was singing that's mm -hmm. that was what I was doing and, and still to this day that's my my main instrument I think still so that's the way I approach instruments also uh, playing the guitar I always uh, I rarely sit down and and just play 
and there's a riff it's always in my head I always sing it first and then I kind of translate it to See, piano that's very or, interesting. or yeah. guitar yeah that's the way I do it that's fun mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you remember why you started playing guitar why did you finally succumb and go back well I am um, again with the Rolling Stones um, I was listening to to one of the records and um, um, the way the way they played guitar Keith Richards and Ronnie Wood and I was listening and uh, and I just thought this sounds so great and then I of course um, saw pictures of, of Keith Richards and I just thought wow he is the coolest guy <laughs> ever <laughs> I'm gonna smoke so, cigarettes drink yeah, booze so and play I, I was guitar like, yeah, maybe I should try this <laughs> Do you remember your first live concert experience when you went to go see a show? Um, yeah, uh, it was actually um, uh, a Swedish, like, do you say boy band metal? Uh, it's a band called Europe. Yeah, famous for the song "The Final Countdown." Maybe a lot of people I've, know I've, that I've song. Heard, I've definitely heard that one. Yeah, and their their guitar player. Um, yeah, Ki Marcelo at the time he's from my home city Umeå really okay. yeah so this was probably around um, 80 86 or something like that I was five five years old uh, I was with my dad of course again um, uh, at uh, like the local hockey arena so yeah that was my first concert memory that's, that's a good place to start. Yeah, that's a good place to start, yeah. I've had a bunch of worse answers than that yeah. one. Yeah. No, no, no. I had a good one. I uh, That was my song growing up. Yeah. Right in my dad's car. Yeah. Play it again, Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play, Play it again, it again Dad. Dad. Yeah, it's still a great song. I love it. I love it to this day. Belting hooks. Yeah, absolutely. Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with metal dudes, talking about their lives, their music, and craft beer. Yeah. Today I brought you uh, something special. It just came out. It's called the Ukulele IPA. It's a New England IPA, double dry hopped. With experimental hops, mm-hmm. these are two hops that they they sadly probably genetically modified <laughs> to put into this probably, beer. Yeah. It's the HBC six four four and the HBC three four two. Let's see what the suckers got. As I'm pouring this out, tell me, do you like craft beer? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, I mean, for the last ten years, like we we talked before you pressed wreck um it's just been a boom everywhere i guess so uh, you get to you get to try a lot of these um especially when when out touring you mm, know it's the best part yeah that's the best part <laughs> you, you get to we went to this place in in dallas just last week um brain dead brewery or something like that and tried a bunch of um, different kinds of craft beer and it was it's great. Yeah. It's a, it's obviously my favorite part of touring. Yeah. So. <laughs> Cheers. Thank Cheers. you so much for coming and drinking a beer with me. Thank you so much. It smells creamy, tropical. Yeah, a little bit dank, uh, slightly tangy. Mm, yeah. Uh, fruity, very fruity, tropical. Yeah, it's very mango, tropical. Mango, mango. Yeah, some, I, I get a lot of pineapple in this. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of hop burn from the... the Massive amounts of hops they threw into this. Yeah, it's nice. This is from La Gabiaya Brasserie Artisanal, from here, right outside of Montreal, in St. John's Salut Recent Year. Mm-hmm. La Gabiaya's Ukulele IPA. Yeah, I'm, I'm checking the, the alcohol. It is 6%. Yeah. It's 
uh, tell me about your first beer. Do you remember the first beer you ever drank? Yeah, I mean, um, in in um, in Sweden we have the, like um, you can't buy beer in just regular stores. Um, that's over three point five percent alcohol. So there's um, we have um, liquor stores. We have liquor stores, uh, but it's owned by the government. So there's just not random liquor stores. It's just the one. Mm-hmm. It's called Sustainbolaget, <laughs> and uh, um, there's the only place you can you can buy wine and and booze and and beer. Um, Except in if you go to like a convenience store, you can buy beer, but only up to three point five percent. So uh, my first beer was three point five percent beer. Uh, that's what we used to uh, buy with fake IDs um, <laughs> when we were around fifteen or something like that. You bought a six pack and you uh, hung out with your friends down by the river. Is drinking drinking those beers um, and um, that's actually the most of the beers I drink are still 3.5% because that's what I buy at the convenience store just to keep at home as opposed to going to the yeah 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 I mean I, I still go there but but you know when you're picking up groceries you I buy a six pack and you have it in the yeah have it at home so. do you think the reason behind Segregating the 3.5 and the higher is due to like a higher alcoholism rate in Sweden because of the darkness because it gets dark for so long up there. Is that tied together? Um, no, I don't think so. But I, I think it's um, well connected to to like way way back when when people were like boozing a lot and uh, I mean back in the days they they kept track of you, you could only buy. Uh, you can only buy a certain amount of of, um, of liquor, um, and they you had like a kept, ration, yeah, 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 quota, yeah, 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 okay. uh, exactly. So um, I don't think if, uh, maybe it's has something to do with that, but um, there was a time maybe in the seventies you could buy uh, you could buy four point two um, percent beers in convenience stores, but they. Got rid of that as well. So, People just got yeah. too wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they. I think they want to keep keep control of it. Yeah. Hmm, okay. So that's, that's the first time I hear about this. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the craft beer scene in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, having toured there, I know that it's really on, on point and yeah. it's going crazy like everywhere else in the yeah. world. What would be some of those breweries? That where you discovered craft beer through? Did you discover while you were on tour, or did you discover it back home? Uh, I discovered it back home. I think yeah. There's um, there's a couple of them in in. I mean, I come from Umeå. It's it's a town about 120,000 people, so it's uh, it's not a big city at all. But uh, as of now, I think there's at least five or six like local, pretty big uh, for 120,000 people. Yeah, wow. yeah, um, and they they are making great beers yeah they are so it was probably like um an ipa that was like the first first one i i i tried out and they're um, not like trapped into being 3.5 percent they can make any percentage beers yeah they want. but they're still sold through uh sustainable audience so, got it yeah. yeah if you want to go with a can you can't buy a can from a, no, br- no, no. a brew pub no um yeah i mean no not a brew pub but but the breweries they they sell them to the 
the bars in the city, so you can buy them at, at a bar. But yes, like a pint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a pint. Yeah, but you but can't walk away with a can. No, yeah. no, no. You have no, to no. go to the special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't drink outside. You can't walk around with a beer. No, okay, no. not like Germany. Okay. No, yeah. no, absolutely not. <laughs> it's, it's 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 frowned upon. Yeah, I mean, people do it anyway, but yeah, you get a fine if if. Um, they catch, they catch you. Same as here in yeah. Canada. We're not allowed to yeah. walk around and yeah. be publicly inebriated, which is a good thing. Yeah. Let's let's dive back into the music. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could go back in time mm-hmm. in a time capsule mm-hmm. and relive mm-hmm. one tour that you've done, out of all the tours you've done, because it was your favorite, it had the best moments, it had a horrible moment that became a fun moment in hindsight. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I mean, we always have such a good, such good times when we when we're out. But probably the first time when we went to the U.S. in 2005, we were opening up for a Mastodon. It was right before um, their big breakthrough, I guess. Um, they they've just come out with um, uh, the record Leviathan, mm-hmm. uh, um, killer album, absolutely. Um, and that was for like a month here and that was absolutely an amazing experience first time in the u.s uh for us and um opening up for them and hearing them play every night and just um yeah doing our thing was was amazing really Uh, that's that's a good good memory for sure there's lots of good memories on the road Mm -hmm. but there's also some bad ones yeah what would be a horrible horrible day that you wouldn't want to relive well, we had this like we had this tour in Europe, probably around that time. Also, it was six weeks long, and we played. I think we did forty shows before we had a day off. Wow! Yeah, uh, in a row, and um, it was in midwinter, like February or something like that, and it was freezing cold everywhere and the car broke down and everyone was like sick with pneumonia and stuff and it was just horrible i think all of us cried at some point during that tour it was (laughs) yeah i don't want to i'm glad we did that tour but i wouldn't ever ever want to go back and do it again it was no, there's some moments that you have to get through. Yeah. That helps you, A, grow, a, grow as a band, B, grow as a person. Yeah. And then you learn what to fix for future things. Yeah. I mean, we were like, playing Berlin and um, uh, packed up and it was like three in the morning and we had to drive to Lyon. It was like an 18 hour drive. And uh, ah, it was just and it's like that every every day almost just sitting in a sitting in a sprinter yeah sitting in a sprinter you got it yeah before before, before like, the bunks yeah, yeah before like <laughs> gps and everything so we had printed out like the map quest yeah map quest <laughs> uh, and we were like sitting there was, oh, no it's right no ah oh, we missed it ah oh, fuck yeah, we have to go yeah, around yeah yeah it was <laughs> absolutely terrible yeah but good experience but don't ever want to do it again no <laughs> second uh, time capsule question if you could go back and send yourself one album when you're just discovering music that you think would have catapulted a your interest into the music and your abilities what album would that be I mean from now yeah. and like back to when I was a kid or something yeah like exactly that. yeah um, 
Well, I still I don't know. I, I mean, I, I uh, like I said earlier, I, I still listen to those records from my from my childhood today, like Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. Probably one of those albums, I mm-hmm. guess. Like still to this day, I, I that's something I. I come back to and I listen to it and wow this is so great. What what is it about those records that just keep captivating you? Um all of those I, I like the um, I like the sound. I like the it's so organic and uh, I love the way like all those Deep Purple and Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin a- albums the drums they sound so just so alive I guess and uh, like these mid-rangey guitars and, and yeah and just um, the riffs are so so great that's yeah but do you feel They're, that a lot of bands nowadays are unoriginal because there's so many bands that have been inspired by those mm-hmm. bands yeah I I don't know really but but for me it's it's still um, I guess music in a way it's attached to memories absolutely so and i guess that's that's one of the reasons you keep i keep coming back to them the music is great but it's also it, it gives me a, a, a great sense in my yeah right just great vibes i guess why, why do you think people can't capture that old school recording sound anymore People are so obsessed with everything being clean nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, um, and I mean that's it's. Um, uh, you get a whole other experience listening to to um, records today, and that's I mean they're clean, super professional, and and I and I love that too. But it's something with the live uh, vibe of band playing together vibe yes, on those old records that I think is uh, i'm missing that is that something you strive to do have you done that with My, Fonto Luna? i mean yeah somewhere along the highway it's that's um pretty much a live recorded album it's amazing um yeah. we we rent this um kind of um, barn just um, a couple of, of miles outside of uh, of umu and we recorded that uh just set up everything in, in this big room and and try to yeah, just record it as much of as it live. Yeah, and and uh, the same with this album. Also, it's uh, we we played um, we recorded it in uh, in Norway. Uh, beautiful, beautiful spot. Um, ocean sound recordings. Everyone should check that studio out. Um, great room, and we for for like playing live together as a band and um, it's um, yeah I think that that's um, that's key mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of people nowadays write in sections like some people will come in and just do their drums the yeah will come in and have nothing and then yeah. get that those drum tracks mm-hmm. and then compose their thing and then it's like a, yeah. like a building block yeah more than mm-hmm. when you step into the room together and yeah. you guys all need to know your stuff. Yeah. How did you guys approach that? Uh, I mean, we still, when we write songs, because we're scattered all over Sweden, Exactly. Um, that's the way we we write stuff. Johannes, uh, he comes up with a riff and he sends it to me and uh, 
um, I do some 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 of my stuff, and then I'll send it to Christian, and then it goes around in a loop. And um, so when we get together for rehearsal, we usually we know all the songs and what we're what we're about to do, and then we rehearse for a couple of days, and and then we record. Like old school professionals. Like old school professionals. I mean, <laughs> now, is, now, nowadays is, we have to learn our own songs. You know? Yeah, but yeah, but but I mean, we're, we're um, it's not like we recorded it. There, there's still tons of like we we do um, overdubs. Of course, yeah, yeah, overdubs, and yeah, you listen to stuff, and oh man, that didn't sound right. And if, me personally, I come up with a lot of. I get inspired when I'm in, in the studio, so I I do most of. Like my lead parts, I come up with them like on on the spot, basically. I, I so I, I need some time to to um, to try things out and experiment yeah. and yeah, experiment. Let, let things yeah. Per- percolate. And, yeah, and and that's I mean, um, what keeps songs alive? I think alive. I think also because I don't play, for instance. Um, um, songs uh, from somewhere along the highway. I don't play them uh, the same way I did when when we recorded it because um, I played them so much. So I I've come up with like new stuff, and I thought, damn, I should have this should have been on the record. <laughs> but <laughs> well, when you, you play live, you, you yeah, get yeah. opportunities to do that. So that's you, got, you had your chance because you guys put out that live record not too long ago. Yeah. So you exactly, you, you must yeah. have added some stuff there. Yeah. That's interesting. I have to touch on um, Coma. Is that the right mm. pronunciation? Yeah, on Coma. I really enjoyed that project as well. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, uh, it's like a smoother uh, with clean vocal. Yeah, Cult of Luna. Yeah, lots of moments where I'm like, oh, oh uh, I feel that could be a Cult of Luna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, we're basically the same. We're basically the same guys, except uh, Jan, who is he's, he's, who is singing in, in Coma. But it's me, Johannes. It's Thomas on drums, and it's Christian um, that plays keyboards and since in in Cult of Luna also plays in Coma. So where where did the necessity for this band arise? Um, well, I think um, uh, Johannes and Thomas had um, and and Jan had a bad band called Plastic Pride. Uh, in the 90s and early 2000s and when they they kind of uh, just dissolved yeah dissolved yeah and uh, but they wanted to to continue and then um, but take like a new some kind of new approach and and uh, they started coma and then uh, it was just around the time I, I started playing with cult of luna as well and johannes said do you could you uh, do you want to be a part of this as well? And I said, yeah, let's do something. Let's make... And they, they've already put out one record then uh, called Tsunami. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we made the, the second wave. We took some songs off Tsunami and then we, we made a couple of more and then we put that album out. So I think it was just... Uh, it's a more more condensed version of, of Cult of Luna, I guess. It still has those uh, instrumental parts and the way songs are built up and all that but uh, but of course the the vocals and the melodic parts are much more present in the forefront yeah. for sure yeah, yeah. 
less yes. aggressive and yeah it still takes you on a bit of a trip but not as far of a voyage yeah 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 was there ever a moment uh, with the success i think there's a song called guillotine guillotine yeah that was uh used in a movie mm-hmm. yeah um, um the dragon yes uh, yes, uh, the, uh, the, girl the girl with, with the, the dragon, dragon tattoo. tattoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was there ever a moment that you were thinking that Coma might become the forerunner band and Cult of Luna might actually have to take a step back because of the popularity? Mm, nah, I don't think so. No, not really. Um, but um, we never... We, no, I'm just going to say no. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a great track, and you know, being, in, yeah, a, being in a huge movie, you guys yeah. must have been like, oh my God, how did this happen? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure, but um, no, I think we've always like um, had the primary focus on on Cult of Luna. Uh, yeah, and Coma was just always this, this yeah. secondary but side project. I mean, project, we worked yeah. like in 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 cycles that uh, album uh, album cycles. Yeah, yeah. so we, we um, so this these two years we're doing Cult of Luna, and then we're doing Coma, and then we're doing Cult of Luna. So they're they were overlapping. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So you guys are always busy. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. Because idle hands. Uh. <laughs> I also have to talk about the Julie Christmas EP. Mm-hmm. Such a fan of that. The the hermetic vocals. Yeah. That turned uh, out I, really well, I think. How that ever came to be. Oh. I'm sure you guys have spoken about it at length. Yeah, I mean that's really 100% Johannes. I mean, I am. He and Julie um, got in contact. I don't really know how, but about doing something together, and uh, um, and we weren't sure if it would fit. Go- yeah, yeah, would fit or or were going to happen. And uh, um, but there were some songs um, written, and um, uh, and then um, she did her thing, and. Uh, we got it back and listened to it and like wow this is something else it's like a whole other beast yeah man. yeah yeah um and um yeah it turned out great and that was such a fun fun project and fun tour uh those guys are uh yeah she's she's great absolutely great great we got to see her last night she was at in new york, new york yes, of course, yes. yeah i have to ask is there going to be a part two uh, we don't know. We haven't spoken about it. Um, so um, for now, the answer is no. Okay. I have, I'm sure there's lots of people that are eager. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, back to craft beer. Yeah. To wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Cult of Luna could ever make a craft beer, what would it be called and what style would it be? Oh, actually, we were approached by, um, uh, you were talking about Gothenburg earlier. This is a couple of years back, but... Um, uh, by a uh, craft beer brewery, and they were uh, they wanted to make a beer with with us with our name. Um, that was uh, their idea was some kind of dark, yeah, like a dark lager kind of beer, I would guess. Um, uh, but I would go like for. Um, I like pills mm-hmm. here, so um, something drinkable. Yeah, something drinkable, but with um, a bitter, something a, a nice bit bitter. B- bitter, yeah, bite. yeah. That, that's a dawn to beer. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good. That's a good one, actually. I'll take it. Five yeah. percent. That's uh, that's all I asked for. 
<laughs> Frederick, thank you so much. Thank you. Coming, being here with me, oh, drinking some craft beer. Yeah. Huge shout out to La Gabière. For making the ukulele IPA absolutely delicious. Yes. Do you have another one? I don't. Oh, man. I should have brought more. Thank you so much, Frederick. Thank you so much. Have a great show tonight. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. I am such a huge fan of Cult of Luna. As I mentioned at the beginning of this interview with Frederick, I uh, was super stoked to get this interview and I had such a great time with Frederick. My experience at the show just made me even more of a fan. If you can get out to the remaining dates on this Cult of Luna, Emma, Ruth, Rundle, and Intronaut tour, you absolutely should. It is an experience that you absolutely need to have in your life. So a huge shout out to everyone involved in that tour. Special little nod and a love to Chris Knopf, the sound man, the TM of that tour. Much love and respect, brother. Can't wait to hang with you again. As always, the best way to support the Vox and Hops podcast is by going to the Vox and Hops Big Cartel page. Anything that I receive through there is greatly appreciated. And there would be no Vox and Hops podcast without all you Vox and Hops heads supporting it since the beginning. Another way that you can help support the podcast is by simply helping me promote it. The best way to do that is to just talk to your friends about it. If you have any craft beer loving friends in your life, if you have any other metalhead loving friends in your circle, you can just tell them to go and subscribe on the podcast platform of their choice because the Vox and Oz podcast is available on all podcast platforms. And make sure that they like and follow the social media pages. And they can also subscribe on YouTube. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope you have a great rest of the week. And I hope that you remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Opsets. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs. But what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.